Myrtle Beach is the beach. 60 miles of bright sand, water, and a wealth of wonderful music playing day and night. You can step into a simple beach bar and discover a surprising level of exciting musical talent. A place to kick back and groove to the enticing soundtrack of the most unexpected vacations around. With nothing but good vibes floating through the warm ocean air. Plan your own music-filled trip to America's Jukebox at visitmyrtlebeach.com. Thank you for listening to this Podcast One production. Now available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, PodcastOne.com, and anywhere else you get your podcasts. Since 1983, Eddie Trunk has been the voice for fans of rock, hard rock, and heavy metal. A best-selling author, host of TV's That Metal Show, and seven national radio shows, including Trunk Nation, daily on Sirius XM. Interesting. Eddie offers the world his newsmaking interviews, passionate analysis, honest commentary, and who knows what else. So welcome to the Eddie Trunk Podcast. Hey folks, what's going on? It's Eddie Trunk, and welcome to another episode of the Eddie Trunk Podcast, which of course is new every Thursday via podcastone.com, of course on Apple Podcasts, and now you can get the podcast on Spotify, which is totally free. Even if you don't subscribe to Spotify, you can grab it there for free as well. So a lot of different ways to get this podcast always growing, always evolving. I thank you for listening and spreading the word about it around the world. However you get it, it is appreciated. And, of course, be sure to follow me on social media at Eddie Trunk, Twitter, Instagram, fan page on Facebook, and the official online home is eddietrunk.com. And as usual, all the interviews you hear on my podcast each and every week originate on my Sirius XM radio show, that show is Trunk Nation. It's live Monday through Friday on Sirius XM Channel 106 volume between 2 and 4 p.m. Eastern time. That's the live show. And it replays every night, 10 to midnight Eastern. And it is also on demand anytime you want with audio, video, and more on the Sirius XM app. So a lot of ways to hear what I do on a daily basis on Sirius XM satellite radio. You are only getting a tiny sample if you are only listening to the podcast. So I hope you come on board and listen to the daily radio show if you live in the U.S. or Canada. Everybody else, wherever you live, thank you for listening and, again, spreading the word and subscribing each and every week to the podcast. So at the time you're hearing this, I am just returning from Los Angeles, my latest trip to L.A., which was a great time, a bunch of stuff. I saw Alter Bridge. I did a couple radio broadcasts. From the SiriusXM studios with George Lynch and Brian Tishy and Luke Spiller from the Struts and Jeff Pilsen and the list goes on and on and on of the many, many guests that I had on from L.A. And then a big L.A. invasion show from the Rainbow with Nuno Betancourt and Alter Bridge. And it was just uh, all this stuff was just great stuff. And again, if you're with me on SiriusXM, you are hopefully hearing it each and every day. Some of it, very small part I can bring to you here on the podcast. So uh, back from L.A., the latest trip, and uh, getting ready to put in some time at home, which is a bit of a rarity, very much looking forward to that, and settling in and getting a bunch of work done, and of course doing the daily radio show, and then I've got, uh, got a few things coming up, including, actually I just realized as I'm talking to you guys, I'm not, I do have a quick overnight, because this coming weekend, just realizing this coming Saturday night, I am in Erlanger, Kentucky at a place called Peacocks, and I will be there doing a speaking Q&A show. So I hope you come out and join me. It is right outside of Cincinnati, from what I'm told. It's about 10 miles from Cincinnati, Erlanger, Kentucky. So I'll be there this Saturday night, the 29th, doing a speaking Q&A show. I haven't done one in a very long time. 
Greatly looking forward to that. That's my next appearance. Everything is listed on the homepage of eddytrunk.com, but I almost forgot about that one just now. So come on out and see me if you are in that area of the country at Peacock's Erlanger, Kentucky, right by Cincinnati this coming Saturday. So I'll make this open very brief because we have a rarity on this week's podcast. We have a triple header for you folks. Three interviews, and these are all roughly, give or take, about 20 minutes long. So they're not all that in-depth, so I thought I'd bring you three of them in one show. Two of them come from my recent broadcasts on board the Monsters of Rock Cruise. Our first interview is from the Monsters of Rock Cruise, and it's with Mark Storacci and Chris Von Rohr, the original members of the band Crocus. Crocus are doing a farewell tour that will be coming up to the U.S. later this year. However, they did do the Monsters of Rock cruise, and they dropped by for a bit, and we had a great chat. Uh, The next interview, also from the Monsters of Rock cruise, was Steve Harris of Iron Maiden. Now, Steve Harris was on my show a couple months ago, uh, maybe even more recent than that. I brought you that audio here on the podcast as well. And Steve was on board the Monsters of Rock Cruise playing with his band British Lion. So he dropped by the radio show as well. So a different interview with Steve, a much more recent one versus the one that uh, you may have heard here six, eight weeks ago. And look, any chance you get to spend some time with the founding member of Iron Maiden, you take it. And Steve was very gracious and came by and we had a great chat. So that was a lot of fun. And then third in this triple header podcast will be a recent call in with Dee Snyder. Of course, Dee, the singer and Twisted Sister, who are inactive. Dee talks a little bit about that. But Dee Snyder is on this crusade to have ACDC play the Super Bowl next year, which I'm all for, but I have a lot of questions about it. <laughs> And I ask some of those questions to Dee, and you'll hear him answer them, as well as answer the question if Twisted Sister would ever possibly perform again. They are the only band I can think of that actually did a farewell and have stayed farewell. (laughs) So you'll hear the answer to that question from Dee Snyder as well. So that's the order we're going to roll them out. Crocus, Mark uh, Storacci, and Chris Von Rohr uh, talking about their coming farewell tour to America. And that'll be followed by Steve Harris of Iron Maiden for a bit. And we wrap up with Dee Snyder talking ACDC, Twisted Sister, and more. A rare triple header Eddie Trunk podcast this week. A lot to get into, and we will get into it right after this. The Eddie Trunk Podcast. Hey, are you a fan of true crime? Then you've got to check out the Court Chunky podcast. Imagine being wrongfully convicted for a crime you didn't commit. Or imagine your child's killer is still on the loose, even though there's enough evidence for an arrest. The Court Chunky podcast shines a light on the injustices of our judicial system by delving into court documents, attending trials, and interviewing those closest to these cases. Be sure to subscribe on Spotify, Podcast One, Apple Podcasts, and many other podcast apps so you can get new episodes every week. This is the Eddie Trunk Podcast. All right. I am Eddie Trunk, and I am back on the Eddie Trunk podcast, and now we get to the start of our interviews, and a triple header, as I mentioned, uh, coming up, it is Crocus, Mark Storacci, and Chris Von Rohr, followed by Steve Harris of Iron Maiden, that's a brand new interview, and we wrap up with Dee Snyder of Twisted Sister, but first, let's go to the Independence of the Seas on the Monsters of Rock cruise, my visit with Chris and Mark from Crocus. Enjoy. From Crocus, we have Mark Storacci over here. Good hi, to hi. see you, Mark. Hey. And Chris Von Rohr, everybody. <laughs> Give it up for Chris. 
All right. So you guys uh, playing here on the cruise. I know you've done the cruise before. And then from here, you go right out and do some shows in the U.S., right? You're getting ready to do what your, your farewell run no, of the U.S. We did that the last time. But this time we're going back home. Oh, you're going home? Yeah, and uh, then we're going to uh, knock on Fernando's door and wake him up, and he's going to join us in England. We're going to play yeah, a few English dates. So yeah, Fernando yeah, von Arp's yeah. going to come back in for those? Yeah, yeah, because it's not a transatlantic fri- flight, no yeah. jet lag and stuff, and less risk. You know, he did the heart operation. And oh, stuff. I didn't realize that. He was yeah. ill. Yeah. Oh, I yeah. see. That's why he's missing here. Oh, yeah. I see. But we do England and Mexico on and on till we come in September to the States. September of the States. September. Okay, so the yeah. dates are coming in September. So book early, book early. <laughs> yeah. Why Why is this the end for Crocus? Chris, well, you're a founding member of the band. Yeah. Why, why, have, why do you think now is the time to call it quits? Because we want to be remembered as strong as we are right now. And there's only a few bands of this quality left which approach the 70s. Heavy metal... It's not unplugged music. It's not country music. Heavy metal is uh, body music, you know. Football. And yeah, it's and like there is football. not a few. Uh, Black Sabbath <laughs> stopped. Uh, and we want to stop on top, you know, that, uh, that it be remembered like that. You know, I respect so. that tremendously, yeah. and I feel strongly about that. No matter how much I love a band, I would rather see them end than see them keep yeah. going and saying, why are they still doing it? The guy can't sing. That's not yeah. happening. yeah. Or for no. the ex-wives, maybe, for the money, for the, you know. <laughs> right, right. It's always the same story. <laughs> no, exactly. But, but, but that being said, we all know standing here that so many bands have come out and said, this yeah. is it, this is it, and they yeah. always come back. Will yeah. you come back, Mark Storacci? Will you come back, do you know? Let's Farewell for good, or do you think you'll come back? I'll come back, but not with Crocus, because Crocus will, won't be here. Anymore, it's it's really over. We can uh, do I a mean, bet. Let's know. do a bet. A good Swiss fondue, you know. <laughs> well, I just told you. I we come back. Not that we won't come back. That's, <laughs> that's an expensive bet because I just yeah, told yeah. you off the air. I visited Zurich for the first time with my no, family in no. December, and a Swiss fondue for four yeah. was two hundred dollars with no yeah. alcohol. Holy so that's a big shit. bet. You see, I'm ready for it. <laughs> I'm ready for it. But no, let, let's. Uh, that it's sad, but you know, it's like with the relationship. You can never stop at the right moment. Either you're too early or too late. But we prefer to be too early than yeah. too late. Yeah, because yeah, yeah. we want to be remembered as the powerhouse, the one and only Crocus band. You know? Well, if anybody has seen the shows that you performed on this yeah. ship, I can certainly attest to the fact that you guys are still incredibly powerful, still Thank sounding you. great. And Mark, your Thank voice. You. Yeah. Is amazing, man. You've lost nothing on this guy's yeah. voice. Thank you. Yeah. You would oh, think I, I love all you. these decades, <laughs> how, how is he doing this? He's singing yeah. maybe uh, better than ever. What's yeah. going on, man? Yeah, well, you He's know, drinking. they say that people, that uh, singers that were born near the ocean, uh, I, I was, I'm a Mediterranean island boy, you know. And they say, you know, like uh, Pavarotti is another example. I'm not comparing him to, <laughs> comparing to him, but... Uh, that there's something about it, yeah, that gives power to the voice, you know. Pl- yeah. Plus, you know, you have to be fit. I'm fit from head to toe. I've got a, a couple of kilos more on my <laughs> belly <laughs> since I came on the ship because, like, the food's so great. Right? And it's like you could just eat yeah, only, only in one. the winter time. <laughs> Very Mark, different. Only in the winter time. Because <laughs> right, it's so a winter coat. Yeah, because yeah. when we yeah. go back, it's yeah. minus, minus two. You yeah, know, yeah, it's yeah, like going to be a shock. So, yeah. so, so, so far, uh, when I was in Zurich in, in December, you guys were headlining an arena there. Yeah. It was sold out. It's amazing the amount of fans you have around the yeah. world. Yeah. Big festivals we played around Europe. You yeah, know. it's incredible. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And then you yeah. come here to America, Rock. and you know Rock the business is very yeah. different for you here in America. Yeah. You still have a great fan base, but you're playing yeah. you know, much smaller places. Is that a tough adjustment for you? In, in one way, yes, but it has a reason, you know, because the band had uh, some fights and some split-ups and yeah. some mismanagements. But the great thing is, since eight or ten years, this original band came back together yeah. in the real spirit. And that's the big achievement of this band. A lot of bands split up and only one original member or two are on stage. But here it's the whole package, you know, and we are, yeah. very, we are very proud that we... That we can play as the original again for America. And one other thing which I find the American fans, 
and as well those from other countries here have a lot of heart you know it's a it's a different dedication than europe they mm. are more with the heart and the ded- it's it's unbelievable we feel that love of our fans here yeah. Right. So you're yeah. saying so you're saying there's a more of a feeling of dedication in the US than in yeah. other parts of the world that you yeah. play? I yeah, really I think. I yeah, mean. it's different. This this is the land of rock and roll. Yeah. yeah Elvis. Yeah. <laughs> well, Mark just said he's yeah. going to do Elvis a karaoke. Yeah, he has to. Uh, it's now or never. It's now or never. <laughs> Unless someone already booked that song. Yeah, you know, yeah. <laughs> Mark's got dibs on It's yeah, Now yeah. or Never tonight from Crocus in yeah, the karaoke yeah. lounge. So get ready. I saw Izzy walking around here who yeah. runs it. He'll make sure he puts a good spot me, in there for you. Let me you. tell you that we are really looking forward to play that last tour again here in September because we owe it to these fans. You oh, know? Yeah. We oh, owe yeah. We owe it. And we don't care if it's only like uh, f- 500 people. Yeah. You know, they, are, they are people who yeah. pay and, and we enjoy it. I mean, oh. it's, it's, hey, it's more fun than playing in a rehearsal room with nobody there. Yeah. <laughs> So, Chris, <laughs> so yeah. Chris, when this ends for you, yeah. Cro- is there a date? Do you have a final, a final, final show for Crocus at this point that you have set aside? Yeah. We, we, we chose October 10th, Whiskey Agogo, Los Angeles. Yeah. Is that's your final is. show yeah, ever in the world? Okay. Yeah, I think yeah. so, yeah. Really? Oh, yeah. Of course, if you want to make... I thought you are sure <laughs> you were going to say no. Switzerland. Of, of course, if you want to make laugh... God, tell him about your plans, you know. <laughs> you, never, you never know what really happens, you know. Fondue or fondue or not fondue, you know. <laughs> we see. But at the moment, it's the 10th of October, Sunset Strip, Whiskey or Coco, fucking yeah. eat the rich. Unless we have to fly yeah. to Brazil quickly after that or something like that. See, Mark's already yeah. got gears yeah, turning yeah, about yeah, other yeah, things yeah. that yeah. may happen. And in two you years... Mean, I, I told you, I'm not yeah. going to yeah. stop. Yeah. I don't want to stop. Mark's not stopping. Uh, no, no, I'm going to yeah. be hit by lightning on stage then yeah. I'll stop. Yeah. You know. yeah, yeah. I'm <laughs> not stopping neither. <laughs> so so t- in two years again here. <laughs> something tells me we're going to be talking reunion tour before we even yeah. talk about the farewell yeah. tour. Yeah, we are talking. <laughs> we are talking fondue. Big fondue. We're talking, <laughs> we're talking Crocus Monsters of Rock Cruise 2020 I think is what's going to happen because <laughs> <laughs> it just yeah. keep going and going and going. Yeah, we'll yeah. come on stage on a, in a wheelchair. <laughs> no, no. Yeah. One, one last thing because I know you got to go. Yeah. Uh, I want to ask you, you know, being on this cruise, all these bands, there's like 40, 50 bands. It yeah. must bring back a lot of memories. You must reconnect with people oh, maybe yeah. you toured with early. Even yeah. walking around, you see the video screens showing the old videos and stuff. So a lot of great memories for you. Have you gotten so to many. see so many? Look how much I've I've. <laughs> I'm, I've got to see all these today. <laughs> Mark's Mark's got a tote card here. He's got like a yeah. He's got X's on all this stuff. You've been yeah. busy, man. You yeah, yeah. yeah. I like, you you can't lock me up in a room, you know. I like no, to no. mix with with the crowd, you know, and and I like to hear what they have to say. And yeah. it's like yeah, I'm really thankful <laughs> for for all the loyalty we received yeah. in the USA in the '80s because you helped make us. Who you are, who it's we are. It's a beautiful know. feeling on this boat. No aggression, great exactly. people. You know, uh, no politics, nothing, nothing. No shit. You know, just yeah, yeah. Great. It's all about rock and roll. Yeah. It's all. A, it's a rock family. We're all yeah. about having fun and celebrating all the music with all these great bands like Crocus yeah. that we all love. And mm-hmm. uh, it's great yeah. to see you guys. And best of luck, safe travels on thank the you, tour. Thank you. I wanted. I just will do more when you come back to the U.S. I just wanted okay. to have okay, you on for cool. a few because I know you have a photo thing you need to do right now. Yeah. So I appreciate you coming by. Give it up, everybody. Mark Storacci, yeah. Chris Von Royal, Crocus, and thank uh, you. September U.S. tour dates. As everybody yeah. listens around America, check for the dates near you. How many of them? How, how long is the U.S. run? About a month. Well, Twenty dates. About 20, twenty dates. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and yeah. the website for people listening around yeah. the country to find the date is yeah. what www.crocusonline.com. <laughs> Crocusonline.com. Go there, find a date. And he's you. the man who runs it. Yeah, Peter's the Peter Valti. <laughs> and I can tell you, I've seen the guys on this ship. I didn't see the full set, but I saw most of the pool and some of the other show, and you guys sound incredible. Really, it's incredible. For people listening, oh, Crocus, that band's been around for a long time. Maybe a farewell tour. Maybe they don't have the energy, the sound anymore. Amazing what you guys are putting out. It truly is. Thank you. And those pipes, man, you still got them. It's crazy. Take care of them. Drink some tea. Get ready. You got another (laughs) coffee. Coffee. Okay, thank you.
Thanks to Chris and Mark from Crocus for dropping by on the Monsters of Rock Cruise. We'll take a break. We'll come back and be joined by Steve Harris of Iron Maiden, also from the Monsters of Rock Cruise, right after this. This is the Eddie Trunk Podcast. Back with the Eddie Trunk Podcast, and now it is time to check in with Steve Harris of Iron Maiden. Steve was on the recent Monsters of Rock cruise, which I broadcast my Sirius XM radio show from. Steve was playing with his band, British Lion. We talk about that, and of course, a little Maiden. Enjoy Steve Harris. Steve Harris, everybody. Give it up for Steve, man. The man needs no introduction, but I'll give him one anyway. Of course, the founder of Iron Maiden. And he is on, uh, he was in the studio with us not too long ago in New York when, uh, in advance of the new British Line album, The Burning, which is out now. And now the record is out and everybody has had it and heard it. It sounds fantastic. How's the reaction been, Steve? It's been brilliant, yeah, everywhere. You know, we've played. Um, even people that have come to the gigs and not had the album, they've bought the album after they've seen us as well. So there's been a mixed audience of people knowing the words and some people may be curious coming along and then buying it afterwards. So, um, yeah, it's been really good. I was going to ask you about that because obviously the, the contrast between what you do in Iron Maiden and where you're at with British Lion is vast. I mean, you're, we've talked about this before. British Lion is a thing you're trying to get going. You're playing clubs. You're right up in, in people's faces. But the other big challenge is obviously with British Lion, you're now pulling from two albums of material that – a lot of people in the audience may not know yet. They may not know those songs. Where in Maiden, you're dealing with the soccer stadium with every person singing every word back to you. So for you, uh, trying to get that material over to those people and to get them to listen to those songs, I mean, is it, is it a challenge to go up there and basically play a, a set where you know probably at least half of the people in there are coming because, oh, it's Steve Harris and they haven't heard the music? Well, it's not been so much like that on the uh, gigs in the States. There's been um, a lot of people coming along and do know the band, but obviously on the ship, it's a whole different thing because they're not here just to see us. They're here to see loads of different bands and have a great time and all that. So all that goes with that. So, you, And that's what you expect, and that's the sort of thing, the same thing as if you play, a, say, a festival, you know, and um, you've just got to go out there and give it large and, and hit, hit, hit them with it and... Um, that's the challenge, isn't it? I mean, that is the challenge. But even on some of the gigs, there's some people coming along that are curious. You can see some of them have got their arms folded to start with and you think, oh, they're not so sure. And um, as long as they don't walk off. I mean, here it's different because people go off and see other bands and they, there's other things they want to see and all that, so there's all that going on. But a, a gig where the people are coming in just to see us, then uh, it's a whole different ball game. But we haven't really seen anyone walking off. Well, one guy, one place, and I thought, yeah, he looked like he had the right hump from the start anyway, and I thought, we're glad to get rid of him because he was standing there with a face like he's just had a row with the missus or something. <laughs> <laughs> so so um, you like that challenge? Do you yeah, like, I do. do you I, like I love it? it. I think it's great. I mean, it's, it reminds it takes me back as well to my early maiden because that's what we were doing. With, you know, you just got to try and get people in and then, you got to try and impress them, and if you don't impress them, well, that's tough, isn't it? And they just go somewhere else. But it is what it is, and it's the same sort of thing going on now. And um, we do, yeah, we give our everything, and if that's not enough for some people, then exactly that it doesn't matter. But but I think the big misconception to a lot of people listening or hearing, okay, Steve Harris has a another band he's doing on the side of of Maiden, would be, well, it's the 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 world is his oyster it's the easiest thing in the world you know you really do have to it is really like starting from the ground up of course up. it is yeah it doesn't work like that I mean um, yeah there's an element of some people coming on because they're curious or, or whatever but um, you also get the other side of it where people don't like it some people actually thought I was having an affair or something some, the attitude some of the hardcore fans were like they didn't want me to do it that was the general feeling to start with I think now it's, it's a different thing because people are realising what it is and what it isn't and they are want to come along or they don't but um, it's, you know, it's a real band we've been playing live together now for seven or so years and um, it's a good good band unit beyond the differences in the size of the audience where in Maiden you're either in an arena or a stadium and here uh, at the level you're at currently you're in clubs beyond the size of the audience for you as a musician on the stage playing with Maiden versus playing with British Lion, what are some of the biggest differences? And what do you ch- is there anything you change in, in, in your performance or your approach? 
Well, I don't really change anything. It's sometimes it's just down to the physical amount of room you got. I mean, we played a gig in Memphis the other day, and there was no room hardly at all. And you're just worried about trying to get your guitar over the singer's head. Although he's not, he's not much taller than me, so it's not difficult. But you know, trying to get round the back of him or whatever and get over the other side even is difficult. And with Maiden, it's the same stage size every night, so it's a whole different ball game. But and then you know, obviously with Maiden, everyone knows every single song. They know the words, all the songs, and all that. And it, so it's, it's a challenge, but I love playing them all. I, love, I just enjoy playing big ones, small ones, doesn't matter. Yeah, and, and it, it really is a, a great band. I finally had a chance to see you play live on the ship because last time you were on a, couple, a few years back, I, I was unable to see it because I was doing this at the same time that you played every time. So to be able to go in there and hear the band and see it, the new stuff, a tremendous amount of melody, uh, Talk about the differences from the first British Line album to the second for you. Well, the first album we didn't, you know, apart from me getting up and playing with him a few years, quite a few years before that, I got up and jammed with him once in Portugal. Um, I, we hadn't played together as a band, so the band that's together now, we've played loads of gigs since then, so it's a big difference, really, of what we've done with the first album and the second album. I think the songs in the first album are really good, great songs, we're still playing them, and I'd like to get a live album so it represents a bit more the way we're doing them now, because they're a lot, a lot more well, faster and more aggressive and, you know, just everything that goes with that, but... Um, so the second album is more representative, I think, of where we are right in, at this point in time. Talk about this cruise, if you will. This is uh, you've done this before. You get, you know, I see you out and about. It seems like you really enjoy these. How has this cruise been for you, as uh, as far as being on board? Well, it's been great. I mean, obviously, I, you know, I knew what more to expect the first time around. I'd never been on a cruise before in my life, so you know that was that was fun just for, for that. But coming back now, this time, this sister ship is virtually the same layout and everything as the other one. So it's actually nice to know pretty much where you're going. But I'll still get lost anyway. I'm sure everyone does. <laughs> yeah. Well, you figure it out just when it's time to get off the ship, unfortunately. Yeah, pretty much, yeah. <laughs> and you live in the Bahamas, right? Yeah. So you could actually probably talk to the captain. he pull up and drop yeah, you off pull at off your and stoop. drop me off. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> How long is, have you lived in the Bahamas? About 12 years. Was your area and your property okay with all this? Yeah, we, we were very lucky, really. It just skirted us. Um, you know, poor people on the other islands have got devastated. But there's lots of people from those islands have come to the main island where, where I am. So they're getting, they are getting help. So. And one of the other things that we did here on the Monsters of Rock Cruise that I did with Steve on the previous one is we did a trooper beer party. And we did that the other day. And we, Steve, uh, we gave away a signed bass from Steve. And it was a, it was a fun event. The Trooper beer has really taken off for you guys to the point that there's now different variations on it as well. Talk a little bit about that, if you will. Yeah, well, we're doing um, several different ones, and usually, you know, the main Trooper beer is just unlimited, but a lot of the others are li- li- uh, limited edition, like Sun and Steel. It's just a limited edition. Whether if they do well, they'll keep them longer, I don't know. But, like, I mean, I really like the one called The Red and the Black. I really, that was my favorite one, and... Um, not because I wrote that song, but just the beer is really nice. It's a darker beer, and it's a little bit more what I like. But uh, that was a limited edition, so I'm trying to get them to bring that one back. But the one that I really like so far, it, even more than all of them, is the one you can't get worldwide yet, but I think we will do, is uh, the one in Brazil. I, and I tested it, you know, or tried it, like when we last time we was, we was there on the last tour. And um, they just bought it out li- literally a couple of days before we left there. And it's really nice. I should have bought a load with us, really. Yeah. But... Um, I know it's a bit more of a fruity, bit fruity beer. It might not be to everyone's taste, but I really liked it. What's ahead for you for the year? What's the what's the layout for 2020 look like for you between British Lion and Maiden? I know you have Maiden stuff coming up, and Brit- and you're gonna you've got British Lion dates now. Everybody listening around the country, Steve has five more shows when he gets off the ship. We this ship docks tomorrow, and then your next show on land is Saturday in Fort Lauderdale, right? That's right, yeah. And, and uh, of course, we all know Iron Maiden's drummer, Nico McBrain, lives in South Florida. So yeah, well, maybe if Nick I don't comes see him, out. I'm sure I'll hear him from there. But <laughs> I think he's supposed to be coming down anyway. So, yeah, that'd be good. But you've got five dates. You mentioned to me uh, Savannah, Greensboro, uh, Lancaster, yeah, and New York. And, and New York, which you wrap up in New York at the Gramercy. Yeah. And then from there, where do you go? Which is a bit of history, really, because uh, I just want to say that because uh, the Gramercy was the first hotel that we ever stayed in with Maiden in New York. Oh, is that right? Yeah, so it's a bit of nostalgia for me there as well. Wow. So where do you go after the, you wrap up in the U.S.? Um, well, in, Maiden starts in May, so we've got some rehearsals in. Uh, we start in Australia, so in Perth. So we're going to be rehearsing there for, for a while. And... Um, 
then we yeah we go around all around Australia, do uh, the Philippines as well, and uh, Japan, uh, Dubai, Israel, um, and then go back and do a load of more shows in Europe. Um, apart from one show in Berlin, I think well all the rest of the places we cities or venues we didn't play last time around. And you're headlining Download, right? Yeah. It's, it's, you've, how many times has Maiden done that? Uh, probably. Oh, blah, I lost count. It's got yeah. Like five times or something like that. I don't know. I lost count. Is it still being that it's, you know, it's home turf and all that? I imagine it's still incredibly special no matter how many yeah, times well, you've done it. Yeah, everything that goes with it. The rain and the mud and everything else. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. but I first saw you do it. I think it was in 87. I think I was 87, 88, something like that. And, yeah, it was rain and mud. And I think it was one day at that time. I think it was right, a one-day yeah. event well, at that time. Back in the days, it was just the one day. Um, we were talking about that the other day, funny enough, saying that there was, it was a really strong bill. It was uh, us and Kiss and David, David Roth, Roth, I think, yeah. Megadeth, uh, Guns N' Roses, Halloween. I mean, it was a really strong bill. Yeah, there's this band kind of way low on the bill that was just starting out called Guns N' Roses. That's right, yeah. <laughs> Remember that. Now, the Maiden stuff coming up around the world, that's a continuation of the Legacy of the Beast as well? Yeah, it's Same part show. Three. We basically thought we'd got to really take it to Australia and Japan. It wouldn't be fair not to. So, And then we got offers to do other things as well. And we thought, well, why not go back and do some more in Europe in some of the cities we hadn't played? Nothing else in America scheduled now for me. No, no, no. that'll be it for this for Legacy of Beast. That'll be it. And have you guys started to think about or talk about new music for Maiden? Yeah, we're thinking about it. Yeah. Are you always writing, Steve? Even on the road with British Lion, are you in your hotel? Always getting ideas. I just always, you know, better not lose my phone because I always get things I put on, you know, my phone and stuff. I know Kirk Hammett supposedly lost his phone, but. uh, I tend to try and back up stuff or whatever. I mean, obviously, I used to, up till even fairly recently, really, I still used to use tapes because just because they, not because it's old technology, but just because um, it was just... It's a physical thing. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So it's not going to go into digital cyberspace or something and lose it or whatever. But, um, so, yeah, I mean, I get ideas all the time, but we don't spend time working on it. There's just no time. It's like one of, one of our... Well, the guys doing our sound, Tony Newton, d- did the British Line album. He's worked with Maiden a lot and everything like that, and he's got a band himself. And he, he said, oh, you know, I'm going to write some stuff on the road. And I went, okay. <laughs> so we put the guitar in the, in, the, in the bus, and he just don't have time. I mean, he just don't get time. Yeah, yeah. It's, just, it's almost impossible, really. So we've never really written on the road like that. So we're just trying a lot of time when, as and when you can. But for you as a songwriter throughout your career, and, and most people know Steve is, has written the bulk of the Iron Maiden material, do you, are you a guy that when you want to sit down and start to write, are you somebody that's, okay, I'm going to designate eight hours a day for a week to write, or is it just stream of consciousness? You could wake up, you could be on the road, you could be sitting here, oh, I just got an idea, hold on a second. Is it, is it more of a, of a random process, or is it more of just, I've got to commit and focus on writing right now? Well, as I said, you get ideas all the time, so I just put them all down, and I'll sort of go back to them later. And we've made, and we have a block period of time where we just basically write, rehearse, record, mix and that's it. But we, we have the luxury of being able to do that. Obviously with British Line I can't do that so it has to be done in a, in a much different way and we just have to go in and record bits and pieces as we can. Um, the first album was very sort of bitty like, and I don't like recording like that really but it is what it is. I mean if you want to yeah, still get something out then that's what you have to do because everything has to base around Maiden. What we made and we just we are, you know, right from Number of the Beast when we were under pressure to write stuff um, it worked being under pressure so every time since then that's what we've done and it is quite a lot of pressure you put on yourself but um, it seems to work so far so good anyway Was there pressure going into the number of the beast because the first two records had done well but you really needed the breakthrough did you, you guys felt a lot of pressure doing that record? Well it was more the fact that it was um, we'd used up all the material pretty much from the, the you know times before that I mean before the first album when it was like four and a half year period before we got signed and all that and so we had a lot of material that we were doing that was already there, playing in a live set and all that, so we recorded all that. And then the second album was, was only, I think, three new songs that were on that album because the rest of it was stuff we'd been playing as well. So when you get to the third album, it's like, well, what are we going to do now then? <laughs> There's no bank of archive <laughs> yeah, material. So, but that pressure was, um, was pretty fierce pressure, and we didn't have a lot of time either. So um, back in those days, it was just album tour, album tour, and whatever, and... Um, full on and it just worked so we thought well you know what that worked really well we'll do the same thing again we'd put ourselves under just allow ourselves a few week 
writing period and recording period and go in and do it. And it's like cramming framework or something like that. It's the only way I can explain it. You've just, you've got to, you've got to, that's, it has to be done. And if you've got a tour coming after it, that's it. It has to be done. End of. Yeah, yeah. The other thing about that's so fascinating you, that you referenced the band you know, under being under pressure going into the number of the beast, which I think we can all agree is one of the greatest records of all time, right? I mean, so so you the pressure, like you said, clearly worked. And then the other factor is, oh yeah, we're introducing a new singer and a new guitar player at that point. Well, obviously, with Adrian and Bruce coming. Yeah, obviously, all those elements all thrown into one. It was a pretty scary time in a way, but it was also therapeutic in the sense that we actually went in and just had to come we just had to come up with the goods i mean it's like that's it it's you know crunch time you got to do it if somebody's listening to this interview right now and say it's a younger person and they don't know iron maiden and they want to start you have a lot of records now you have a big catalog to you what's the definitive iron maiden record what would you tell a young person this is what iron maiden is here's where you should start what would you tell them to buy well, I tell him to buy a best of because obviously there's. Oh, a, that's a cop out. You I can't know do that. that. I know, but yeah, <laughs> I need but a studio a, record. <laughs> but it's a cross section of stuff. But a studio album, I don't know. It's tough. It's really tough because everyone's got their favourite album, and and nine times out of ten, it's when they picked up on the band. So people picked up on the band in the early eighties would say that their favourite albums were I don't know, Peace of Mind, Power Slave, whatever. And then later weeks there's people that you know, younger people that got into the band in the nineties, they would say that their favourite album is the first one they picked up on. So it's tough to say which one. Um obviously over the years the band has evolved into more proggy sort of stuff. So it's a tough one to call really. You're right. You have gone into a... Pro- I mean, there's been very long songs and gone into some proggy directions. Is that something you want to continue pursuing? Or is there a side of you that would like to go and make an album at some point of four-minute songs and just, you know... Well, I sort of do that with British Lion. So, right. um, you know, there's this, that side to it. But with Maiden, it's, it's carte blanche to do what you want, really. It always has been. I mean, we've never had pressure to say, oh, it's got to be this or this or whatever. I mean, as long as, as, long as we all feel that the stuff is material is strong enough then it is what it is. And we don't time things. That's the thing. We just do it, and then we time it at the end. And um, if someone says to try and edit it, then we, we just don't. But it, well, it, we would, if possibly, if it worked as an edit. But most of the songs tell us a theme or tell a story throughout, and if you miss a bit out, it's not going to work as well. Do you ever listen to any of your old records? Um, not really. I mean, I listen to bits and pieces here and there. Sometimes I go on, I don't know, you shouldn't say it, but I'll go on YouTube and check out things like my son's band, Raven A's out there getting on and stuff like that. And, and then there'll be other things down the side. And uh, I suppose because they've been on tour of us, it links up and I'll go, oh, I ain't heard that for ages. Or something like Holy Smoke or something like that. I thought, actually, that was pretty bloody good. <laughs> <laughs> I ain't heard it for years. <laughs> and things like that. But uh, yeah, every now and again, yeah. And, and the last thing on Maiden, and I know we'll, we'll wrap up with you here in a second, but I, I found this astonishing. So I went, when, when Brave New World came out, I went to England, and I hosted with you guys the national U.S. radio special for the announcement of that record. And I have a photo of in, in the studio there with you guys, and sitting there thinking about it. I'm like, what was that eight, nine, ten years ago? Twenty years this year, since Brave New World, and really the, the relaunch of the band with Bruce and Adrian coming back, which was, uh, you know, which was a, huge, a huge moment. Can you believe that much time has passed? And can you take us back for a second to what your, your thoughts were you know, coming out of the Blaze era and then bringing Bruce and Adrian back and making that record and how it was received? Yeah, I mean, we all wanted to do it. We all basically got together and said, that let's do this thing. And um, obviously, it was another situation where you're under pressure again to come up with the goods and whatever. And, you know, we did again, I think. I think we did. I think it's a really strong album. Oh, so. God, yeah. And, uh, yeah, it was, it was great. I mean, going back out again, and it was just, well, like, just back to normal, really. <laughs> it was as if they hadn't been away. I mean... They've been away for quite a few years, and again, the same thing. You think, oh, they've been gone that long. It's just weird. But um, time just, I mean, the last few years is just crazy where it goes. I mean, yeah. it's like seven years since British Lion album to the first one as well. So it's, it's like, where's that gone? Well, I know where it's gone, but it's like, <laughs> been out doing touring this, that, and the other. But it's just, wow, you know, it's just so crazy how, how time just flies. But. It does. And as you get older, it seems to go quicker. 
course. And, and you were saying the other day for you, there's actually, I think you said there's actually a show coming up where British Lion and Maiden are on the same bill, although not on the same day. Yeah, I wouldn't play on the same day. I don't think that's right, really. But um, yeah, we're doing some shows in Europe, like day before download, for example, British Lion are playing in a small tent, I think. And um, we're doing some other gigs like Grass Pop Belgian Festival. We're playing the day after. Most of them are usually the day before because we're in town the day before anyway and I'm going to be sitting around twiddling my thumbs and we're like, well, we might as well do a gig. So why not, you know? And uh, we're doing some festivals. Uh, I think the first one's in Tampere in, in uh, Finland. We're playing the day before, Maiden. And then um, there's some, there's a few uh, ed- like headline club gigs the night before as well in play- key places like Warsaw and stuff like that, which I haven't announced yet, so I've just announced it. <laughs> well, heads up to Warsaw. <laughs> British Lion is coming there. So, all right, so British Lion stuff. So it sounds like the rest of this year is going to be a mix of, obviously, some huge stuff for Maiden and then working in British Lion and supporting and getting the word out about the burning where you can and how you can. That's pretty much the mix, right? Yeah, that's pretty much it, yeah. And, uh, and everybody can keep up with all the stuff Steve has, has going on because uh, it's a lot. Just check the, the Maiden website. There's, uh, there's tons of uh, shows, and it's just a really, really exciting time because what you guys are doing, both with British Lion and, of course, with Maiden, is still so good. And you talk about the age factor. And, yeah, we all feel it. I don't feel the same as I felt 30 years ago, but... We had the guys in Crocus on before uh, you came on, and they were saying that they're going to start winding down because they're feeling it a little bit. But as long as you're taking care of yourself and you don't feel it and you can still deliver a quality show, there's, there's really no retirement talk in your future, is there? I don't like that word, really, but <laughs> I suppose one day it'll come. But if maybe, you know, be forced into it one way or another. I mean, go down kicking and screaming, I think. But, you, you yeah, absolutely. Well... We don't want to hear about any retirement from Steve or Maiden or even British Lion at that point because, hey, you've got a whole new band to build here. You've got to, you've got to get British exactly. Lion caught up, tie and Maiden. You've got to do well, up 25 more gonna, records. never going to happen. <laughs> but, I mean, it's not long enough in our lives to do that. But, but you know, it's, it's, it's fun. I yeah. still want to see you do a show where you're your own opening act to Iron Maiden. You come out and do a British Lion set and go into the... Yeah, well, you never know. Never say never, I suppose, but I doubt it. <laughs> I did see Def Leppard open for themselves once, yeah. about four or five years ago in Vegas. They called themselves Dead Flatbird. Oh, really? And they came out and played a set of all obscure Def Leppard music, and they said, we're the greatest Def Leppard tribute band, and it was them in disguises. They actually oh, wow. opened for themselves. Yeah, that's cool. So, you know, anything's possible these days. You never know. Steve, it's a pleasure. Cheers, mate. Thank you, man. I appreciate you making some time and coming by once again everybody Dude. check out the burning by british lion uh the band that steve is playing with on this ship it's out now really i love it uh i like the first record but this one just seems like everything's gelled and come together and the writing and the songs it's really great stuff great melodic hard rock and that's you know i love that so much and of course look for maiden playing the biggest stadium you can find around the world somewhere coming soon thank you man My thanks to Steve Harris of Iron Maiden, that audio coming to you courtesy of the Sirius XM show Trunk Nation, which I do daily on Channel 106, volume from 2 to 4 Eastern live, and every night, of course, that replay, 10 to midnight Eastern, and that interview coming again from the Monsters of Rock cruise. One more interview in this rare triple header, Dee Snyder of Twisted Sister is up next on the Eddie Trunk Podcast. This is the Eddie Trunk Podcast. One more interview for you on this week's Triple Header Podcast. Dee Snyder, as I mentioned earlier, has been on a mission about having ACDC play the Super Bowl next year. A really interesting petition that Dee is starting, and he is on quite the campaign to make it happen. I talked to Dee about that and a whole lot more. Here's that conversation. Dee, how are you, buddy? I'm doing great, Ed. You know I got answers. <laughs> <laughs> I know, and I know you'll give them to me, which is why I love you, so let's get into it. How How did you, what, was it just, was it just the, what I feel was an abomination of a Super Bowl halftime show this year that finally triggered this in you? Tell me how this is all transpired for you to get so out front 
on doing this and be so passionate about it online and centered on a band. Here's my biggest question, D. On and I said this to you uh, online as well. A band that I've heard many times is about to go active again, but still hasn't. There's been a lot of start stops. So give it to me and tell me how this all went down and why ACDC. Okay. We have to go back to last year when they announced that Shakira and, and JLo were going to be the halftime show. And at that point I was like, what? I mean, it's been 10 years since we had a real rock act perform. 10 years. I believe it was the who was the last one. That's a decade. All right. And I get that this needs to be a shared stage. I get that this, you know, and all forms of music, the top acts should be playing and rotating out. But 10 years without an actual real rock act, and I objected back then. And people, you know, they, they joined in my outcry, but it was a done deal. So I said, you know what? I'm going to wait till right after the Super Bowl, and I'm going to start working for real rock in 2021. And when I posted, as soon as I saw the show, you know, and I don't want that people said that I was hating on. Halo and Shakira, it's, that's not the deal at all. I just want to see our music represented. And I think that ACDC is the best shot, the most middle ground, a band that has the most coverage at football games. Good God, you hear Hell's Bells shook me all night long for those about to rock endlessly at those games. So I felt this is our strongest position. One of the biggest bands in the world, ACDC. Let's push for that. Well, you're, you're, you, I get totally with ACDC because you're 100 percent right on everything you're saying, and also there is, you know, ACDC is a band still in our world of rock, but also has such mainstream commercial appeal as well. So that's all. I, I, again, I don't disagree with one thing you're doing or saying, but I just. Here's what I know about ACDC. They are unbelievably clandestine. They keep things so close to the vest. Of course, we saw the photos. I mean, I talked to Brian a couple months ago. I didn't press him on anything. I know you said on social media that you have talked to those guys and you are 100% sure and confident they are coming back. So talk a little bit about that. I had dinner with Brian um, recently and we talked about it. And I didn't realize some of this, he told me a lot of stuff and a lot of stuff that I don't want to say. But we know from the photos, and Brian confirmed, they've been in the studio, they've been recording. There's an album coming. The original, the, the, um, I don't say the original guys because a lot of them are gone, but I'll say the, I'll say the, uh, the, the, the classic lineup is back together. And there are some surprises which I can't talk about. Uh, regarding Malcolm Young that just had my jaw on the floor. I will say he will be present. Okay, oh, that's so this the... is ACDC as we know and love them. Right. I mean, the common thought and the rumor is that there was riffs and stuff he had recorded and they're going to work around that. And kind of like Back in Black was a tribute to Bond in a way. This album would be a tribute to Malcolm. It all makes sense. But the thing that concerns me just as an ACDC fan, D, is that I've heard like four times in the last couple of years, I've heard an announcement is imminent about album and shows and it doesn't happen. So the only, the only thing that I worry about, and I said this to you online is, are we painting ourselves? We as rock fans and what you're doing, of course, are we painting ourselves into a corner in some degree, targeting and earmarking ACDC instead of just saying to the NFL and whoever's listening, Give us a rock band. ACDC would be 1A, but just give us a friggin' real live rock band so rock has a seat at that table. Are you painting yourself into right. too much of a corner, hanging it on ACDC? All right. This is, first of all, Ed, you know, as I just put it into your world, if you wanted to move into Chicago, are you on, you're, you're on with satellite, but are you on a terrestrial in Chicago? No. Okay, let's say you want to go into Chicago. Do you walk into Chicago and say, I want to be on the air? Or do you wait for someone to ask you to the dance? you got to be asked to the <laughs> dance. We'd like to have you on in Chicago, Eddie Trunk. And you say yes or you say no. Okay? In order to get this, 
happening. Things are starting to accelerate. I started doing radio today for the first time, and we had a huge leap. We're going to do 2,000 signatures. It's been 1,000 a day. We're jumping up to 2,000. Tomorrow I'm doing more radio, and then I'm going to start putting – I've got a whole battle plan. But we got to get a quarter (laughs) million signatures, massive amounts. And at that point, we get the attention of Jay-Z, and we get the attention of Roger Goodell, and they go to – and if they go to ACDC and ACDC says, no, thank you, or they say we're not as a unit at this time, it's still a freaking win. They acknowledged the desire yeah. for real rock. They will have acknowledged. If they ask and ACDC says, no, we still won. We got them to recognize our position. And our position, Ed, and I'm, I got, I'm on a rant, man, but you got to hear it because there's so many layers to this. That's that's why I'm so passionate about it, okay? Uh, is, you know, first of all, the, the, you know, they cater. They say, well, they cater to the younger to the demographic. Well, who do they think is buying those $2,500 Super Bowl seats? Right. Who's going to buy that electric Hummer that they advertised? Right. Me! Right. Okay? They are average Chevys advertising, Fords advertising. Millennials are stated as Buying less cars because they're taking Uber and Lyft rather than owning an automobile. The money, does, the people that are paying the bills are the Gen Xers and the boomers. Give us a freaking band. Give us, a, yeah, give us a band. It's not playing to your demographic that you want to bring in there. Tough crap. We're paying for the seats. We're paying for the Super Bowl parties. We're paying for your expensive things. The, 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 the millennials... They're eating Doritos in my basement. They're not moving out. They're living at home. It's happening all over the freaking country. It's happening all over the world. Okay? So, A, they have to give us that. B, there's been an, a, a subtext in the world for decades now, and you know it and I know it. Rock is dead. Bullshit, it yes. It's so total much. bullshit. Yeah. It is bullshit. It gets it's so much. There's no good new bands. There's no talent out there. It's all crap. And Nonsense. I believe that having ACDC, a, 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 you know, a, 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 an iconic band, a classic band, doing what they do best, and that is rocking stadiums. This is what they do for a living. J-Lo go in and did a big show. This is their show. They come in there, and I believe it's going to be a pivotal moment in music that just like the Beatles were for me and so many others in the 60s when 75 million people watched the Beatles, when hundreds of millions of people see a classic rock band do what they do best, kids are going to pick up a damn guitar and say, I want to do that. And we need this for rock and roll. Kids need to see that on a grand scale. And this is our shot. Do you, uh, you've been at this for a little bit now, but like you said, you've got more layers to come. You're going to keep at it. A week. I've been at it a week. (laughs) All right. So let me ask you this. In that short period of time, have you heard from anybody involved with ACDC or anybody involved with the NFL yet? I haven't heard a word. I don't think 25,000 signatures is going to get them to, to blink. You know, we feel proud that we did, you know, we're approaching 25 in the first week, but it's really it, we got to, we got to get hundreds of thousands to get them to really take notice. And you know, I don't think they're hating on rock. I think I think that Jay Z Jay Z did a track with Lincoln Park. I went online. I looked at the hip hop artists. Some of the biggest hip hop songs ever have sampled ACDC songs. Kudel is a boomer or a Gen Xer. I'm not sure exactly how old he is, but these people are rockers. And here's another thing, Ed. The soundtrack for every single game, every game is hard classic rock. Every game, when it's when it's fourth and one yard, they don't play hips don't lie. <laughs> <laughs> they play entertainment for God's sakes. When the team wins the Super Bowl, they don't jump up and down singing Jenny on the block. They sing We Are the Champions. <laughs> classic hard rock. That's the soundtrack. That's what we hear every week. Good God, if the Hell's Bell rang one more time at the Super Bowl, I was going to throw my TV out the window. 
without ACDC getting acknowledged and recognized. So, no, I have not heard from ACDC. I don't expect to. They have to be asked to the dance. Like you said, they're clandestine. They're not going to sit there and go, oh, I'm so excited. Take me to the prom. No, ask them to the prom. And I think they'll go. And as far as Goodell and Jay-Z go, they're going to have to see more than just this. And, and I'm planning on go, targeting advertisers. I mean, Facebook chose I want to rock for this year's Super Bowl. There's a reason their marketing people did that. They felt that song had appeal to the people they were targeting. Okay, so there's advertisers that they'll get behind this, and there's TV personalities and celebrities. I'm going after all of them. But more than anything, we need the people, the boomers and the Gen Xers who are paying the damn bills. I'm reminding you people, you're paying Goodell's salary. You're paying the bills. We are owed one of our bands. Okay? You know, next year, go back and do whatever you want. You know, I think, I think country needs to get a little recognition, too. Like Garth yeah, Brooks would do it one year. I'm not a big country fan. But be fair. Couldn't agree with you more. And I'll tell you what. Here's what really concerns me that, that, that is just mind-boggling. So you talk about bands that have a lot of their music played at these games. This year... I don't know if you know this, but this year Guns N' Roses played a an event in Miami two days before the Super Bowl. The NFL had them right in the backyard, and they didn't use them for the halftime show. Instead, they played like a Friday night party or something. Somebody else pointed something out to me, which is so true. The NFL tried to say, well, this year was about the fact that it's in Miami and the Latin sound and all of that. Well, a couple years ago, the Super Bowl was played at the brand new stadium in San Francisco. Metallica is right in their backyard. You just mentioned Sandman, For Whom the Bell Tolls, all these songs played. I don't recall because it was in the Bay Area, them having Metallica and Exodus play the halftime show. So there's such bullshit and bias involved when it comes to to being against rock. So I, I can't support what you're doing more. I, and I'm good. Of course, I'm going to sign the petition and I'll do whatever I can do to help put the word out because I'm on the same train with you. I just it just there's so many alarmingly scary things that continue to show them shunning our music, even when it's literally in the parking lot next to the stadium. Well, you know what? And, Ed, and thank you for the support, but I want to make it embarrassing for them. They're going to shun us. I want to embarrass them with, a, with hundreds of thousands of signatures and celebrities and advertisers, and I want them then to turn their heads and say no or look the other way. I want, and people will be aware that they're doing it because, right, they just are convenient logic. They come up with, oh, why we're doing it this way, why we're doing it that way. One credit I like to give everybody, including yourself, every time I say we haven't had any real rock since for 10 years, not one person, not one, has said, what about Coldplay? <laughs> or Maroon 5. <laughs> <laughs> no one has said, oh, Maroon, yeah, Maroon 5 played. Not a word. People, that is like, that's like, that's like, that's tumbleweed those two, those two years. No one even dares to say that was rock. No, that wasn't rock. People know exactly what we're talking about. I, there's, uh, there's but they probably don't, D. D, but here's the problem. They probably don't. And I said this before you came on the air with me today. Here's the problem. Just like the Grammys who are lost and clueless when it comes to rock and what is and isn't rock and the random nominating process they have, which is a whole other story. In the NFL offices, they may sit there and if they catch wind of this, say, what are they talking about? We haven't represented rock. We had Coldplay. We had Maroon 5. To, you know, to them, that may be rock. That's maybe a big part of the problem. They don't even know what we're talking about. You're right. You're right. You're right. You know, and, 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 and this is the battle. This is what we are up against. With, with this movement. But the thing, you know, what I'd say about, about ACDC and why ACDC, and again, got to ask them for the prom. You don't have them come to you and say, I'd love to go to the prom, and then embarrass themselves by stepping forward before they've been asked. They got to be asked, okay? But ACD, I went online, and I looked at uh, ACDC songs sampled. Some of the biggest uh, hip-hop tracks have sampled ACDC. Okay, AC, this is a, a crossover band. 
When that, I was on VH1 Classic, and you and me have history with VH1 and VH1 Classic, and I was doing that a very classic uh, Thanksgiving episode, okay? And at the table, it was, a, it was a Thanksgiving dinner, for those of you who didn't see it or remember it, and at the table, I remember Terry Nunn from Berlin, Clarence Clemens, Eddie Money, uh, MC Hammer, Davy Jones from the Monkees, and a couple other people who, who, who I lost track of. So the question was at the table, if you had to pick one song, to represent you, what song would it be? Now, I assumed that people were going to say, like, I say, we're not going to take it, or I want to rock or something, you know? So the first person I ask is Hammer. I go, Hammer. He goes, dance, da-da-dance, da-da-dance. And Eddie, the entire table, including Davy Jones from the Monkees, went, da 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 And everybody started banging their heads. ACDC crosses over. It's multi-generational, has broad appeal. And it puts a smile on everybody's face when Angus starts doing his thing. And I just, I think this is a boulder that we can push up the hill and get over to the other side. I got three minutes before I got to hit a break and wrap up here. Tell my audience how they can help and get involved, what they need to do. Well, as ludicrous as I've been telling people, one thing that's bothered me is people saying, oh, this dude Snyder wants to play. No, I don't want to play football. I'm not worthy. That's the truth. Could I handle it? Yes, but I'm not worthy. ACDC is the second biggest, Back in Black is the second biggest selling album in history. Thriller, then Back in Black, okay? I'm screaming for ACDC again. But it's not about me. That said, if you go to dsnyder.com or at FaceDSnyder at Facebook, there are links. But I'm so happy that already it is spreading. Uh, It's like a disease. It's all over the internet. You put Snyder. Super Bowl, ACDC into a search engine, and articles and, and places to sign just pop up all over the place. And today I just started doing radio, and things are starting to really move, and it's going to keep gaining momentum. This isn't a sprint, people. This is a marathon. we got months ahead of us. But if you give up, then you're not worthy. Well, I will continue to spread the word, and I will do anything I can to help you because I couldn't agree with you more on every point you're making, and I think it's great that you're taking the time and effort to do this. Last thing before I let you go, completely unrelated to this, uh, and my audience has asked me this, and I've said this a number of times, Twisted Sister is on the clock, and what I mean by that, Motley Crue coming back, My Chemical Romance coming back. You know where I'm going, D. Nobody retires forever from their band. Everybody's got their number. Will we ever see a Twisted Sister show again, D. Snyder? I got no plans and uh, for it. Um, our numbers being banned, I've heard people, and I've just like shrugged my shoulders. The idea of being 100 on that stage terrifies me. You know, it's all about painting the corner. The first thing you said, you're the one who, 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 who quantified and verbalized my situation. I created a persona and a performance level for myself that painted, I painted myself in a corner. And I, there's a standard that people expect and that I expect of myself. And honestly, I'm afraid of hurting myself because my ego is too big to not thrash about. And, um, and so I am, I, I quietly walked away last summer and I'm, you know, I'm doing some Kings of chaos things this year. I got no plans on the horizon. And I, and I just, the idea of just a bunch of lumbering old dudes on a stage, it's, I'm not impressed with a lot of the reunions. I'll tell you, I won't name names, but it's one of the ones that's out there been performing for way too long in the reunion and, to stand there at their microphones without no, with virtually no movement at all. I was stunned to see a band that used to be all over the stage, just standing there frozen in place. Uh, And, and even worse, some of them lip syncing, which is the ultimate crime. I I can't even begin. Oh, it's all, it's rampant. The tapes are rampant. Sickening. And standing there. And, you know, and for my money, that's not the memory I want people to have of me and Twisted Sister. Well, my thanks to Dee Snyder, as well as Steve Harris and Mark and Chris from Crocus. Hope you enjoyed this triple header Eddie Trunk podcast. Be sure to follow me on social media at Eddie Trunk. Thanks to Katie Irizari. She is the producer of the podcast as usual. 
And uh, I'll catch you next Thursday for another all-new episode, free, as always, at Podcast One, Apple Podcasts, and, of course, now on Spotify, totally free as well. Have a great week, everybody. Thank you for listening. Myrtle Beach is the beach. 60 miles of bright sand, water, and a wealth of wonderful music playing day and night. You can step into a simple beach bar and discover a surprising level of exciting musical talent. A place to kick back and groove to the enticing soundtrack of the most unexpected vacations around. With nothing but good vibes floating through the warm ocean air. Plan your own music field trip to America's jukebox at visitmyrtlebeach.com.